Hello and welcome to Delapri, the Happy Abbey, a series of conversations with local people about Delapri Abbey and how it links to the well-being of the community. My name's Laura Graham, I'm a Northampton-based freelance writer and community activist, and in this episode I talk to Dr Declan Ryan, who's a lecturer in exercise physiology at the University of Northampton. Declan joined the uni in 2019 to develop and deliver teaching and research focused on the health aspects of physical activity. His research has branched out to investigate how the built environment, such as our streets, parks and buildings, influence engagement in physical activities like walking and cycling. Delapri Abbey, Northamptonshire Sport and the University of Northampton were proud to recently announce their collaborative project, which is led by Declan to install directional signage within Delapri Wood to help the local community explore the green space around them, whilst also promoting physical activity participation. We talked about this project and how small activity can make a big difference. Welcome to the library in Delapri. What do you think to it? It's beautiful, isn't it? It's so good to see the history of Delapri. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a room. We're just to set the scene, we're surrounded by old books, a big fireplace and lovely views out into Delapri and beyond. So we're very lucky to be recording here today. Thank you, Declan, for coming along. My first question to you then is, how do you think a heritage site like Delapri will impact um, the well-being of its community? So across the UK, uh, heritage sites are really valuable for well-being. Um, there was a report done by What Works for Wellbeing in 2019, and they found that 95% of adults People should maintain our heritage sites as much as possible and 75% of them are going to heritage sites uh, at least once every 12 months or so. So it's a really popular uh, place for people to visit and Delphi is no different within the local community of Northampton. And across heritage sites there's over 300,000 volunteers which is really important uh, from you know, being able to develop your own set of skills but also the social impacts as well. And working together and finding like-minded people uh, you know things like lockdown have taught us anything it's that these social connections are really important for us to maintain our overall well-being and how do you currently use delapri in the grounds i suppose a number of different ways uh, i've been living in northampton for two years now uh, and being placed at the university which is just over the road from the abbey uh, first introduced me uh, to what a wonderful uh, place this is um, so quite often uh, Myself and some of my colleagues will run through the woods at Delacroix uh, and using the different pathways to either connect onto other parts around uh, the town or just running routes around the abbey itself, which is uh, lovely. You know, getting out into nature and being within that green and, and, and blue spaces by the lake is, is a beautiful sight and just a massive stress reliever. Um, myself and my partner Nicole often come down here and just come for walks or go to the cafes and restaurants as well and, and just take them moments to relax uh, and just let all them worries disappear from being here. Um, so it, for me it's been a really vital asset to be so close to that we can easily cycle down to it or we can run down to it uh, and just get a, a, amongst the nature uh, and looking at the wildlife and, and other things like that. It's been really good. I mean it's quite a popular spot isn't it? It gets quite busy down here. Yeah, I've never known it be quiet, even on even on weekdays. And you know, as we sit here now, there's people walking past the window uh, with dogs and, and some treats from the cats. So you, you know, you can see 
how important this uh, space is uh, to the people in Northampton uh, and how valuable it is that we continue to invest in it uh, and make it uh, as big as an attraction as possible. How did you find out about it when you moved here then? Uh, well, I suppose just through word of mouth. Uh, you know, we, we've moved from uh, up north, as we'd say. <laughs> I did spot an accent. <laughs> yeah, we call it Twang. Uh, so we moved from up north down here and of course didn't have any sort of connections down here of people we knew so we had to go out and, and find new friends and, and make new contacts and of course my colleagues at the university were always very welcoming and introduced me to the local area and gave me recommendations and Delacroix was one of the first ones. Um, so as soon as it got a bit sunny we were, we were trekking through uh, the public footpaths and through the woods to, to the Abbey and, and seeing what it was all about. Yeah. And talk to us about your, what you do at the university then, because it's, <laughs> it's quite an interesting topic that you're, a broad ranging topic that you, you, you cover. It, yes, it, it certainly feels broad. It feels like it's growing uh, each day, which is very exciting. Uh, I've been able to meet a lot of new people uh, through the work that I do. So uh, at the university, I'm a lecturer in exercise physiology. Um, but I'm not so much interested in the exercise aspect of it, it's more the, the physical activity, how can we use activity to improve the health and well-being of the local population. Uh, and you know, activity can be many different things, it, it can be going out for runs, it can be going for walks with family, it can be deciding that you're going to cycle uh, instead of taking the car. So there's many different ways that we can gain our physical activity uh, in order to improve our health. And I suppose I like to kind of branch out and look at those various aspects, which has kind of led me to Delacroix and working with them as well. Mm. So you're a lecturer at the university, but you, you also sort of study the subject, don't you, and, and kind of find out more. <laughs> um, what kind of interesting stuff have you been looking into lately? Uh, so lately, uh, we've been doing a bit of a research project at the university um, with the COVID-19 guidelines what came out during the first lockdown to kind of get people back into the workplace. Uh, there was a, a focus on trying to reduce close contact within places like elevators uh, and classrooms. So the university there put in signage and one-way systems to try and encourage people to use the stairs more often. And we were able to actually monitor that and see if it was effective uh, at increasing stair use. So see if we could take policy and put it into practice without any of the guidance and the documents. And, uh, we presented those findings the other day uh, back to some of our stakeholders and it was really encouraging to see that it was working. Whether it resulted in, in less transmissions, we weren't able to see that, but we could definitely see that there was an increase in stair use. And for me, that's great because that means more physical activity again for people and hopefully contributing to better health. You've got a particular interest in ageing. And we originally met um, when I was presenting some with your colleagues some research we'd done about uh, older people in Northampton Town Centre. How do you think that the Abbey and the grounds um, can be used by older people to, you know, positively impact their physical and sort of mental well-being? I suppose there's a, a lot of different opportunities for the older adults to engage in here. Uh, I think you know, something like the walled garden is very accessible uh, for other adults who might have limited mobilities. Uh, you know, the paths are very good to walk around. There's not really tripping hazards and stuff like that. So they're still able to uh, gain access to that uh, kind of green nature environment, which we know really promotes good mental well-being. There's um, really good opportunities for social occasions as well. Without even considering the, the prospects of lockdown, the 
issues around social isolation in older adults is uh, a massive issue that we need to tackle, not just locally, but nationally as well, and somewhat globally. Um, so by having uh, the Abbey here, it, it creates those events, it creates some volunteering opportunities for older adults to come along. Uh, maybe they've just retired and they're uh, looking for somewhere to apply their skills. So to come here, volunteer, be part of a group that helps maintain the Abbey and, and, and learn a bit about the history as well at the, at the same time, I think is really a very vital uh, opportunity for older adults to engage in uh, so they can maintain their physical activity levels, but also their social connections, which are just as important. Having done work in this space myself, I know how much like loneliness and isolation can have an impact on physical health, which I just had never realised before. But, you know, studies show that uh, loneliness being as damaging to health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, it seems, it seems bizarre, really, doesn't it, to sort of think that actually um, something that you would assume is a mental health issue actually does impact, um, you know, heart disease and, you know, all sorts of things physically. It's astounding to me, but there's, it seems like there's quite easy things that we can do to fight against that. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, I think that's right. And you're absolutely right in what you're saying. That the mental side of things can impact the physical health. And you feel it yourself if you get in stressful situations, your, your heart rate's increasing, you feel yourself sweating, your blood pressure's going up, and that's all a physical response. Uh, and being in that kind of high stress state a lot isn't great for our own physical health. So, you know, when you're in situations where isolation is becoming a problem it, and it's starting to affect your mental health, it can really impact your motivations uh, and want to actually do anything physical at the time. And um, you know, your brain's controlling your body at the end of the day, so you've got to look after the thing that's making the decisions. Uh, so, this asset that we find here at Delacroix, the, the rolling fields that we can see out the window here, the lake just behind us, and then the history itself within the Abbey, uh, just provides so many opportunities for people who may not be interested in physical activity, but are definitely interested in getting out into nature, learning more about history and heritage and culture. At the same time, they, they're doing physical activity without thinking about it as well. So it's like a kind of a win-win. Yeah, because I know a lot of the volunteers here are active in you know, gardening and looking after the, the site, as it were. So that's, and that's something, well, I guess even the volunteers that were in the library earlier um, that were learning about how to clean the books properly, I mean, that is still a physical activity because they've had to, you know, get out of their house and come here and, you know, move around and, and stuff. And I guess we underestimate doing ordinary things as physical activity as well. Absolutely. We can often view activity is something that has to be getting us really out of breath and hot and sweaty and has to be planned you have to be wearing certain clothing for it but actually you know if we look at things like the amount of steps we do each day as a marker of activity the vast majority of our steps are accumulated from doing these day-to-day -day, uh, jobs such as how to clean books or getting out into the garden we accumulate massive amounts of activity by doing these tasks and it all contributes to our overall health it's not just a little exercise component that we may do at the end of the day. It's that we've got to think more, more about the 24 hours of the day that we do. Do you know what? That's a really good point. And that is <laughs> one of my main questions I was going to ask you. Now I know that you're a very active person. <laughs> um, I can see from your Twitter that you're out and about and you're doing all sorts of things. And I must say, uh, whenever I see the feed, I think, oh God, I'm so lazy. <laughs> I need to do something more. 
What do you think someone like me, who's a, definitely a, a kind of anti-sporty type person, um, someone who feels very lacking in confidence with physical activity and have been all my life, what, what can I do <laughs> to get a bit more active? It, it's interesting. We're all on our own personal journeys with activity and it, it's always about the long term. I found myself in a similar situation in the last two years, finishing the sport that I was playing and then... Um, thinking right, what what is next? And as soon as I finished playing sport, you know, I put on ten kilograms like that. I wasn't doing any of these sorts of activities that you see on my see on my Twitter feed now. So it's, it's a personal journey for me. It's a learning process, and the kind of thing I've taken away from it is just start small. The biggest health benefits go from when you when you start uh, when you're at nothing and start doing something. So you know, if you're someone who's doing maybe a thousand steps a day, for example. Uh, which we can monitor on our phones quite easily. If you go up to 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 steps, that has massive implications on your health. You'll see big improvements suddenly. So, you know, you don't have to go with that new year, new me approach. I'm going to join a gym, I'm going to go seven times a day, I'm going to lift twice, you know, twice a session and things like that. And um, because in the long term, you can't just get burnt out from that and it's not as enjoyable. We're more focused on what the, the end goal is, which could be for some people losing weight. Uh, maybe feel a bit better and healthier about themselves. But really, I think the most important thing to focus on is the enjoyment. Just finding something that you enjoy. You know, and going back to my previous point, it doesn't have to be activity for the sake of activity's sake. It could be because you've got a particular interest in going watching birds or uh, doing some community gardening. You know, it, that doesn't the kind of benefits that come from activity it doesn't have to be your main focus. Mm. Things the main thing should be enjoyment start small, try and have positive experiences frequently uh, in the beginning. And then eventually you'll find you're building yourself up to a situation where you actually feel the urge to go out and do more activities. And if you, if you haven't been out for a couple of days, you might feel a bit guilty about it or the eagerness to want to go out again. But I don't think you, know, you should be hard on yourself if you have a week where you don't do it. Yeah, it's all about the process that we're on. We're all on this journey going back. I wish it was point. just a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a year. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's a really good point, though, because um, I think it overwhelms me as somebody that's not a very sporty or active person. Um, and and when I think, oh, I need to do ten thousand steps a day, or it doesn't count. Actually, what you've just said is it's better to do two thousand steps a day than. 600 so like start somewhere is what you're saying i think exactly yeah start small and progress your way through <laughs> and you know don't be worried if you don't meet what your target was at that time it's okay you know the main thing is that on the whole you keep trending upwards a little bit and finding out what works for you most of all mm. Well, I mean, I didn't realise how much housework actually is <laughs> quite, quite a physical activity as well. It's only when I started looking into that that I realised that I shouldn't, um, shouldn't disregard that as, as quite physical activity. And, you know, DIY and bits and pieces around the house um, all adds up, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I found out during this lockdown that doing the housework is not a physical activity that I enjoy. <laughs> but needs must. Damn it. <laughs> okay, I'd really like to talk to you about um, what you're doing in partnership with uh, the Abbey um, and, and the cycle routes and stuff. So tell me everything. Where <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to begin? I suppose we're doing uh, several different things that are kind of officially working together or just supporting one another. Uh, I got to meet 
rich in the current this current CEO of the Preservation Trust. Maybe a year or so, not maybe not even that. Uh, and his kind of focus on well-being and, and making the grounds uh, such an important asset for physical activity uh, really resonated with me. Had a lot of uh, similar interests. Um, so that's led us in a, a few different directions. Uh, I'm kind of working with Richard on what routes they might want to improve in order to make better connectivity between the grounds of Delacroix Abbey and, and other locations such as University Campus, Brack Mills, Hardingstone, just behind us as well. Um, that's kind of an official capacity, but we're just chatting and, and, and sharing tips and, and good practice on that to help with their funding applications. Um, in terms of like proper collaborative work, and then we've been successful recently in receiving some funding from the university uh, to do a, a project focus uh, around policy impacts. Uh, within Public Health England, there's a, a lot of focus on improving access to green space. And uh, myself and, and Richard and, and Jackie Brown from Northamptonshire Sport uh, felt that maybe we could make the grounds of Delacroix Abbey uh, a good destination for walking events to take place, such as group led walks within the local community or, or just other uh, individuals coming out and using the grounds of the Abbey to walk around a bit more to get their steps in, coming back to our steps point. So with that project, we're establishing a, a walking loop, uh, which takes you through the different aspects of the uh, Delacroix Park and the woods. Uh, so you get to see a bit of everything. You get the woodlands, you get the lake, uh, you get the old battlefield as well, uh, just behind us here. So you get a real good exploration of it. And the idea is it will have directional signposts up. So if someone's never come to the Abbey before and walked through the forest, they don't need to have memorized all the routes before they get here. They'll be able to just follow some signs, see where they are on the map, uh, and therefore might feel a, a little bit safer and a bit more confident about exploring the routes they've, they've not been on before and hopefully finding something new. Uh, and you know, who knows what we might see, more nature, uh, or just being able to go, oh, I've never been to this part before, isn't it lovely? Mm, that's brilliant, because I think that's one of the things that can put me off going new places, um, is sort of not knowing where you're going and, and worrying about getting lost. And, you know, are the routes that I'm going on still accessible? Like, is there any, you know, are there any surprises? And like we said, for, for sort of older people as well, I think that's really important that that there's that wayfinding, you know, that, that signage, just so that everyone knows where they're going. So I'm excited about that. So when will that be happening then? Well, we're looking at timescales of having it installed around September. We need to do some sort of baseline assessments over the course of the next few months to see who's actually walking around the grounds at the minute and where they're walking. So we've got a good comparison uh, to it. And then hopefully it will be in place for uh, a couple of years at least on a temporary basis. Uh, and we'll see how successful it is. And, you know, if it's really good, then we might say, well, we'll look for some extra funding to make it more permanent route or, or look for alternative routes that we can put in place as well. The hope is that it's a, a very cost-effective tool that encourages more people to explore the local areas and, the, and their green spaces and thus improves health and well-being of the local area. So the hope is it's a good uh, kind of case study that we can take to local government, public health, and say, hey, why don't we try this in our other county parks in the area and see if it has similar benefits. So that's the ideal dream. You know, it, it doesn't always work out like that in, in real life, but that's the hope. That sounds brilliant, though. I mean, and you've got to start somewhere, I always think, and see how it is engaged with and see how, you know, people will then feed back on it, won't they? Mm -hmm. 
And are you doing any, on this particular project, are you doing any work with like the friends of the Abbey? Because I know there's quite like, a com there's quite a community around this. Is, is that something that's interlinking? Yeah, so I'll be tapping into the voluntary groups to help with this, um, which will be like helping maintain the signs and, and checking that our, our little person counters are still working as well at various points. And we're also going to do some survey days as well. So people come down to the Abbey and might get approached to asking a couple of questions about the signage and what we think about it to see if actually what we theorise is the same experience as what the members of the public are having, having when they go and use use the routes. Um, so we're really kind of interested to see uh, what we can do to bring in uh, the community and the volunteers into this project as well. We don't want it to just work in isolation. You know, the most important thing for us is to work with the local community. We, we want them to engage with this. So we, we, We've reached out to uh, some different organisations who host walking groups, um, you know, such as Northamptonshire Leisure Trust and Age UK, uh, to say, hey, we're, we're doing this project, would you like to come down and, and use the route uh, as part of your kind of weekly schedule of walks? And, and we'll be asking for feedback from them as well and whether they think that's, uh, these signs are useful to have in place uh, to help them lead and coordinate their walks uh, with their respective members. Brilliant. And what else have you got going on then, research-wise? Then anything you can let us into, you know, let us know about <laughs> sneak peeks. <laughs> well, uh, I suppose we're always we're always interested looking at how we use our environment for physical activity, and that's definitely a big interest of mine. Uh, and within Northampton, uh, we're blessed with all these rivers and canals and the paths that run through, and uh, we we want to see. Uh, how we can maximise the usage of those and make them a, a real asset to the community. You know, we've got a lot of different levels of deprivation within Northamptonshire. Uh, it can make things like car ownership a real burden on families who are, uh, who are not economically uh, as, as well off as others. And so we want to be able to provide alternatives uh, for transport opportunities and, and things like walking and cycling can be seen as very cheap alternatives and a lot easier to get around and plus it brings health benefits and physical activity with it as well. Uh, so I'm always kind of interested to see uh, how we can work with communities and, and local government uh, and public health uh, to increase the use of our kind of waterways for physical activity from a transport perspective and thus all these things we hear about congestion and pollution uh, will hopefully start to be tackled. Because you're a keen cyclist, aren't you? <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say I'm a keen <laughs> cyclist. Right? I hear the word cyclist, I kind of think of lycra and stuff. But, <laughs> me know, too. I, <laughs> I, if you, you, know, you see me today, I cycle today, I'm just wearing uh, chinos and a, a light jumper. And it's not that I'm a keen cyclist, it's just it's the easiest way for me to get about. We made the move to Northampton, I said I wanted to be in within a cycling distance of where I work. Um, and that meant we could get rid of a, a car, which was a massive cost saving and all the hidden costs with it as well, insurance, MOTs, services, repairs, petrol, uh, you know, you're talking thousands of pounds a year uh, what, of cost savings. So for me, it's not, again, that keen cyclist, it's just the easiest way for me to get about because Northampton's actually a relatively small town. Uh, I can get from one side to the other in 20 minutes and I'm back without breaking a sweat. Um, so, <laughs> You're so, better than me, though, Declan. <laughs> God, definitely, but you'll be like. <laughs> but but that's the, you know that's the kind of environment that we want to be able to build. It, it's uh, 
people have the opportunity to walk and cycle a lot more. Um, not because they want to get in health benefits, because it's the easiest option and it's, they feel safe doing it as well, which is of course a, uh, one of the biggest barriers to engaging in, in cycling and walking uh, within the local areas and environments. Um, and as a member of the university, uh, how do you think that, that places like Delapri Abbey could engage with this, the massive student population that we've got, but also just younger people in, in younger adults in general? I think the Abbey's got a lot to offer. Um, you know, it's not just this historical heritage site, but the grounds around it are fantastic uh, opportunities for people just to come and relax. We're already working with Delapri to see how we can bring more students from the campus onto the grounds because we see the real value in it. You know, university is a very stressful life at times. You've got your assignments, you're meeting a lot of new people, you're in a new environment altogether. Sometimes we just need to have that area where we can escape and relax. And of course, having uh, these lovely woodlands uh, and fields can really help with that. So we're, already, we're trying to explore how best we can connect with students with the grounds. And that could be using things like uh, events, or bringing them here on uh, our kind of induction week when we're welcoming all the students. We could do maybe team building activities here just to help students get the lay of the land because you know what it's like when you get to a new place, you kind of stay with where you know. Uh, and as we were saying earlier, it kind of takes a step into the unknown to go and explore what's around you. And uh, that might be uh, difficult for people who are not feeling confident or don't feel safe going out into places they don't know. Um, so we, you know, we kind of need to introduce uh, our students as best as possible support into the different kind of community assets we've got around the campus because there are a lot of fantastic opportunities for them. So you think really that this is quite an asset for for the students in terms of like stress relief and stuff? Then that would be sort of a main area for it, for it to be valuable. Do you think? Yeah, I I think we all have that kind of common interest in just being able to relax and wear our hair down and just being able to come here straight after classes and things and relax on the grass or go over to the lake uh, and watch them on the jet skis and, and things like that. Uh, it's just a nice way um, to park all the studies uh, and all the stresses of assignments and, and trying to meet expectations and things like that. So do you know of any sort of studies or anything that link uh, well-being and this type of, of venue? Yeah, so there has been ones published uh, previously in the, in the UK um, which have looked at use of national parks and the impacts on uh, people's uh, well-being and mental health. Um, so there's a particular study that comes to mind which uh, asks uh, participants a series of, of questions about how they felt uh, for certain aspects of their uh, kind of mental well-being at that time. So it's like things like stress, uh, vigour, anxiety, frustration, uh, depression, kind of a whole scale of new states uh, on, on like a one to five scale. 1 to 10 scale and when the participants were coming back after being out in the national park for a few hours they were asked the same questions again and, and they found that after going out and doing the walks in the national park then those kind of negative well-being states of stress of anxiety of, de of depression had reduced as well so we can see there's kind of that short-term benefit that immediate benefit of getting out into green space it's not just something that we do feel we can, we can actually measure it and, and demonstrate that it but it is true that it is effective at improving uh, our feelings of well-being yeah there's definitely an evidence based around, uh, around it which i think we all kind of deep down know don't we but it's just nice to have that um 
that sort of research there to back up what we feel is intuitively right? It does. It's important to have research that reflects uh, actually how the population feel about their experiences um, and therefore that encourages uh, organisations to invest in, in the certain aspects that make us feel good uh, and improve our, our well-being. And uh, the same authors I'm thinking about actually did a, a study that looked at a comparison between exercising indoors and exercising outdoors in green space, kind of like we've got here at the Abbey. And they found that engaging in exercise was good, it improved these well-being measures that we were talking about, but actually doing them in green space was more effective at improving their well-being measures than doing it indoors. Wow. So it, it kind of really shows the value of having these great assets within urbanised areas where we've got so much housing around us, actually remembering that green space is not something to be built on, but it's something to be valued as a community asset. I think it's really important. Thanks so much for coming along. Um, it's been lovely to speak to you and to, to hear a little bit more about how physical activity can really um, impact us positively and how places like Delapri Abbey are, are so integral to that. And you've definitely inspired me to get my steps up. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's been great chatting to you today. Thank you so much to Declan for taking part in this episode. Um, if you want to see more about what Declan's doing in terms of his projects and research, then you can head to Twitter and search for Dr. Declan Ryan. Um, it was lovely to speak to him and I've learned quite a lot about what I should and shouldn't be doing and maybe get rid of some of those excuses about movement and exercise. Um, thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share it and look out for other episodes in this series. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.